0: 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call one 800 270 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code baseball and get your $1,000 first bet offer today.
1: Right it's a game!
2: Casual Friday on the Just Baseball show. It is Friday, April 28th. I'm Aram Layton. We got Peter Apple, Jack McMullen, all three of us here for this Friday edition and it's gonna be a little bit of a headline day we got a lot going on across the game it seems like that's going to be the case for the rest of the year Uh, it's only going to get crazier and crazier but a lot of maintenance a lot of things to catch up on that maybe we missed on the last couple episodes including Jordan Walker getting sent to AAA Robbie Ray unfortunately out for the season and a lot of other things going on also have we talked about the Dodgers paternity list thing going on right now like I know it's a popular topic but like dude we got to talk about that
1: yeah, like, congrats on the sex to the L.A. Dodgers of 2022. It was the all-star break. Like, it lines up perfectly with the all-star break.
0: I, yeah, I think that, that kind of makes sense. All-star break. You take a little bit of time off, and you're like, let's all have a kid. I wonder if they were texting about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yo, you having sex tonight, too? Yeah. <laughs>
0: It would seem well, like so, the most Dodger thing. What as you guys doing six tonight? Six to Sex? You? Yeah. <laughs> as they're losing 6-2 to two right now to the Pirates. They just honestly haven't been that good. But again, Noel Smith, who else isn't in the lineup right now? I mean, Arias well, that- has already given up, what, six earned runs against the Pirates today?
2: I'd assume they're not sleeping well. Uh, most of them have had the kid now, right? So those are late nights. I, I, I have some cousins going through that right now. I'm the youngest on, on in my family in terms of, like, all of the cousins. And I'm watching them go through it, and I mean, like, that's the best birth control you you can really ever have is just watching your your cousins just be groggy and miserable and just so tired. Though like, it's worth it, I promise. I'm sure it is, but it, they're not selling it very
1: well. So, like, I'm I'm good for now. But the thing is, like, that isn't that what we are without kids, groggy and miserable? So yeah, what's that the is, difference? That is, that is fair. That's me and you, not as much Peter.
2: But yeah. before we get into it, too, Peter, you you have a futures bet you want to hit on as well.
0: Yes, definitely. So, I just placed this um and I wanted to bring it by you guys because I so we look at implied probability of lines. So, this line is -145 on BetMGM, and the implied probability of that is about 59%. Mm-hmm. So, knowing that, I want to ask you guys if you think this is has a higher likelihood of hitting than a 59% rate. Okay. I took the Houston Astros to win the National League West. Right now, they are behind the Texas Rangers by a game. And Jack, I just saw that look. Exactly, right? No Jose Altuve. No Michael Brantley yet. Jordan Alvarez has been out for a couple of games against the Rays. They should be getting Lance McCullers Jr. back. Overall, this team is going to be healthier. I think even Brian Abreu has been on the shelf for a second now. Uh, maybe just a couple of games. Maybe he's been back, but I haven't seen him pitch in a couple of games, so he might be dealing with something. But overall, this Houston team has gotten off to a bit of a tough stretch, but they just took all three from the Atlanta Braves. They gave the Rays their first two losses at home. The Rays are now 14 at two at home. Going into the series, they were 13 and 0. I viewed this closer to 65%, yeah. 66%, which would be around a minus 180 implied line. I placed that on BetMGM and wanted to hear your guys' thoughts.
2: So real quick, before we get into that too, if you use the code JBFANS on a on a money line, $10 bet, right? You can use the $100 to $200 bonus credits to bet this potentially too, right? Exactly.
0: Exactly. So, That's why it's a no-brainer. And the code is ending soon. okay. So the code is not, they don't just give out free money all year. Yeah, Like normally it's a deposit match, right? You know, they'll match whatever you deposit for early goings. Get that free money now, and I place 1.45 units to win a unit. So even, you know, depending on what your unit size is, the $100 or the $200 in bonus bets, if you use code JB fans, can cover this. And I love it. I thought it was an absolute no-brainer play, and they can take my money if the Houston Astros don't end up winning the division. Yeah, exactly. That's
2: the cool part. You get to root for like one of the best teams in baseball and and a pick for me that I have going, I have them going back to the world series. So again, just for a reminder, you put $10 on any money line bet with the code JB fans, you get a hundred or $200, depending on what state you're in to be able to wager on anything in baseball. And and that bet I think is a great one Uh, to kind of dive into it from the Astros perspective, Hunter Brown. I mean, we just saw what he did, you know, to the Rays again um just he looks like a bona fide stud i thought that there might be a little bit more command issues he looks way better than i thought he would look i thought he'd be more of a three or four type he looks more like a two uh right now yeah. uh and it's showing flashes of more than that you have that you know considering all of the other things that they're they're already able to do you mentioned how they're going to get stronger as the year goes on a- and some of the fragility of, of of the other teams in the division like we we know that the rangers look really good we've talked about why we think that they can sustainably be good this season potentially, but we know the volatility there. And generally over 162, the cream always rises to the top. I think that the Rangers can grab a wild card spot. I think they're going to be good this year, but I don't think over 162 that they're going to keep, you know, being able to kind of look back and see the Astros not creeping up on them. I mean, Jack, I would put it at 65, 68% chance, maybe 70 in a few weeks that the Astros win this division. What?
1: Where are you at? I, I have been intently reading an article on implied probability trying to somehow (laughs) grasp this and i can't like this along with a lot of other legal reasons or why i don't bet on baseball but um yeah like i would i think that's a good bet right i mean it's the houston astros like the the astros are up against okay texas right I don't think Texas is going to win that division. Seattle, they're off to a really rough start. They just lost one of their starting pitchers, which we'll talk about. And they've got a lot of guys off to really slow starts offensively. Jared Kelnick is like keeping them above water right now. They're up against LA who lost their catcher. And you're running out of rookie shortstop. Like how long does that last? And we know how volatile that experience is. And then the Las Vegas Oakland A's Raiders. So like, (laughs) you run into that problem. I I think that it's a no-brainer to put money on the Houston Astros. And if you get better money at this point, why wouldn't you do it? Like, I would honestly double down. I'm like, I'll take this 500 start. Why not? I love that you bring up Hunter Brown because that was a guy that, like, I talked about in December and then on our preseason awards show. Like, he's pitching like the AL Rookie of the Year right now, man. Yeah, he is. Especially Mm -hmm. with Yoshida off to a slow start and he's heating up again. Like, we talked about, you know, the, the pair of homers. So, Gunners started really slowly. Yoshida started really slowly. Hunter Brown, meanwhile, ran together back-to-back seven shutout inning performances and is sporting a 2-3 through his first five starts. I love what Hunter Brown is giving Houston, and I think that they are perfectly positioned
0: to survive you know, without Altuve. Just quickly answering your implied probability point, um, it's actually fairly simple when you kind of break it down. No, it's not. I read the article. I'll break it down for you in a couple of sentences. So every line has implied probability. If it's minus 150, just for round numbers sake, you would have to put $15 to win 10 or 150 to win 100, stuff like that. So minus 150 implies that the book thinks there is a 60% chance that bet can hit. Minus 145 is about 59%. If you have plus 150, it's around a 40% chance. So when I take a plus 150 money line on the Reds against the Rangers, another team that the Rangers just got swept by the Reds, what I'm saying by taking plus 150 is I might think the Reds actually have a 48% chance of winning, meaning their line should be around plus 110, plus 115. So you're seeing value.
1: But the book has them at a 40% chance. You think there's a 48% chance they win. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right? So if I think that bet wins more times than four out of 10, you're seeing value on that bet. Doesn't mean it hits. It could be one of those 52 times where the bet doesn't hit, but you're seeing value. So even fan graphs, they give you the percentages of what they think a team should win the division. So right now on Fangraphs the Houston Astros have a 61.2% chance of winning the division. And they're even being conservative, right? Fangraph's numbers are always pretty conservative when making these predictions. Like Miguel Blyce is the number 19 prospect in the game. Yeah, pretty conservative. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. well, their numbers are, I don't know about the people. I can't speak on the people. What I can speak on is their models, and their models are generally conservative. So a generally conservative line makes this line around minus 155. So a conservative line is still seeing value, and I see much more, and I think we all do too.
2: Yeah, I like it. It's a good thing.
1: So I'm less confused. Do you, now. Get I'm fucking, do you get I it? I guess Peter's good at this.
2: Like, damn, yeah, yeah
1: I get it. So it's all
0: about finding I, value, my friends.
2: A team I wouldn't take value on right now to win the division, and a team that's trying to figure shit out is the St. Louis Cardinals. And Ooh. for whatever reason, their version of figuring this thing out is. Sending down one of baseball's best prospects, depending on who you ask, baseball's best prospect for us, number two. Um, And and a guy that was off to a phenomenal start to his big league career, slowed down a little bit um, and has leveled out now at the time that he's being sent down to a 101 WRC plus. That said, a negative point to F war, because as I talked about before the season a little bit, the one thing I was concerned about is how does the outfield defense look? I'm glad that they played him out there. They're like, I'm glad they didn't bring him up to just be a DH, but it put more pressure on the bat. He's been relatively average offensively over the course of the entire body before, which is not a very big body time to work through things here. And now in 20 games, he is optioned back to AAA. And Taylor Moder is now the, the full-time guy that gets that job. Or not full-time guy, but he gets the active roster spot now. So they swap him out for moder. The one thing I want to say before I kick this over to you guys is I think that if you didn't have the Cardinals sucking to start the year, Jordan Walker would have more time to work through things. But now because of the urgency of a team that I know it's early, but you can say the season's slipping away from them in nine and 16, you can say there's not like when, once you get to 10 and, and 25, once you get to 15. 18 games under 500, I know they are only 7 games under 500, but even when you get to 10 to 15 games under 500, the probability of you turning that around to a playoff spot becomes very, very slim. So I think this is a team that's already, to me, this kind of screams desperation. You would not have started Jordan Walker in the big leagues if a 101 WRC plus through 20 games was enough for you to send him back down. To me, this is the Cardinals kind of pushing the panic button and I'm curious what you guys think about it.
0: Just quickly, I would kind of understand it if Dylan Carlson was having this amazing year or Alec Burleson had a thousand OPS or something. Whereas, just we look at the team, we have Tyler O'Neill, and we just simply don't have a spot because all of these other players are vastly outperforming him. And you could say, yeah, Dylan Carlson, his defense, because Jordan Walker's defense, If you look at the numbers, it just has not been good in the outfield so far, but he's young and he's a converted third baseman. So bringing him up, it's not like you were expecting the outfield defense to be great. That's why he needs reps. But I'm looking at a Dylan Carlson with a near 600 OPS. I'm looking at an Alec Burleson with a 632 OPS. Like these guys aren't blowing Jordan Walker out of the water so much that it's like, we just can't play him because we're competing and we have all these excellent players those other outfielders aren't doing much better. So I don't really understand it. I guess you could make the argument that, well, they do have these guys and they are better on defense, so we're just going to roll with them because we got to win now. But it's not like Jordan Walker's been a whole offensively, so I'm also pretty confused. What do you think, Jack?
1: We are quick to rain on parades, I feel like, Um, but I think sometimes that is justified what was our immediate reaction to jordan walker making the team out of spring training it was tense your shoulders it was ooh, like i don't know if this is gonna work and like Aram was spearheading that and obviously in the moment it's like oh, classic like negative move from you guys like why do you you know why do you want them to manipulate service time he's 20 years old and like a 718 OPS, while it sounds fine, while a 101 WRC plus sounds fine, that's not good enough for a guy that's a defensive liability and right for a team that wants to win the World Series. So like, you're pretty much saying we we got soft, like we, we let where we stand on you get in the way of what we view as the blueprint to this team winning a World Series. And I thought that the blueprint was Walker and Wynn are going to be in triple they're going to be really fucking good in triple. And then when Walker and Win are ready, they come up and help this team win even more. It's, oh my gosh, the great team just got even better. They forced Walker into opening day prematurely, I think. And I will stand by, I think the Yankees kind of did that with Volpe too. Like, I, I think Volpe was forced into that situation. But, but here's through the through difference. Early.
2: Here's the difference with Volpe, though, is the Yankees were playing well enough. I know we talked about the, the issues that they've had, but they're not seven games under 500. Right. They're playing well enough where they don't have to send him down. If the Yankees were
1: struggling, they might have done the same thing. Exactly. So, like, you're running into situations where A, it looks really exciting on March 31st, but like White Sox fans were really excited on March 31st. You know, what I mean? like Cardinals fans were really excited for the Cardinals season on March 31st. And now flaws are being showcased. So, I, I think that this was an incredibly overaggressive assignment for one of the top prospects in the game. All of a sudden looks like he's underwhelming a little bit and pulling the plug. And I hate doing that to a guy. Cause I honestly think that this is worse for Jordan Walker's confidence than if he was in Memphis the whole first month of the
0: year. So I agree. And yeah, I think it was my- also, no, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it was also, you know, he got tons of shine early because of that 15 game hit streak. Yeah, But a lot of those were singles and a lot of those games he went 1 for 4, 1 for 5. And just to, you know, back up Volpe a little bit, 882 OPS in his last 15 games. 5 yes. stolen bases. He his defense, you know, he's made a couple of key errors which have not helped his case especially on social media, but I think, you know, watching him every day, I still think it's worth it to keep him up there. But at the same time, I think it's still worth it to keep up Jordan Walker and I wanted to bring you guys the implied probability of the Cardinals' future to win the National League Central. Right now on Fangraphs, they give them about a 21% chance, which would be around plus 375. Can you walk me through the percentages in that league? Yeah, so um, I can look back on Fangraphs really quickly for you and and pull up the...
1: Who's got percentage. the better odds to win the national league central, the Pittsburgh pirates or the St. Louis
0: Cardinals at this point. Um uh, Before looking at it, I'm going to guess still the Cardinals, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the pirates currently have slightly better um odds, I guess to win not odds on the sports book, because yeah, of course the, the Cardinals are always percentage. going to be overvalued, but here it is. So to win the division, the Pirates are at 13.2%. Yeah. The Brewers are at 49.7%. The Cubs are at 14%. And the Cardinals are at 22.7%. So on MGM, they're plus 240. Basically, that line means the books think the Cardinals have a 30% chance of winning it. 21% chance based on fan graphs. That would make the line or what it should be plus 375 so that's an example of yes it's plus 240 but it's actually bad value when you look at you know projections you could throw projections out the window and just say i think the cardinals have a better chance than 30 percent then you're seeing value but every projection system that you look at is going to say that's a bad value bet even at plus 240 on the cardinals which i think is a it's a symbol of the season so far that even plus 240 for the cardinals is a bad value play
2: so to wrap to a bow on the, on, on the Walker discussion, though, the, the one thing that I'm I'm thinking about here, too, is he he kind of earned the, the gig. Like he he really did everything in his power. So did Anthony Volpe to, to, to get up to the big leagues on opening day. We also have the rule that, that has been put into place where, you know, with Major League Baseball, where if you have a guy that accumulates a rookie that accumulates a full year of service time and he wins rookie of the year, you get a first-round pick. That's a big deal. J-Rod just won that for, for the Mariners, and I know they're very, they're very happy to have that additional first-round pick. I think that rule does play a part in these dynamic prospects that have a shot at winning it and, and calling them up early and, and getting that full year of service time. If Jordan Walker – you know, again, if, if, if the Cardinals were not doing so poorly, Jordan Walk- we wouldn't be talking about this. Jordan Walker right. would be able to work through it like most rookies do, and historically most rookies have. But instead, he hasn't had a chance to work through this. And, and, and that's the frustrating part because he's going to go to AAA and I think presumably destroy baseballs, For destroy sure. baseballs, destroy so, like, baseballs. <laughs> like, that's that's the crazy. annoying part about it. It's like there's no line slash line that he's going to put up there where I'm going to be like, oh, he's definitely ready now. Because I think no matter what, I'm going to say he's ready now. Like he could have a 900 OPS. He's ready now. He could have an 850 OPS. He's ready now. He could have a 1300 OPS. He's ready now. I assume that there's specific things, defense, of course, approach things as well to tap into more more power. Because I saw a hitter that was in fight or flight mode. You talk about the one for four with a single. I saw a guy trying not to strike out. A guy yep. just trying to get on base and put bat on ball. And instead, you need to be Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker is a guy that crushes homers, that leverages hitters counts, and that tries to do damage. It's hard to do that when you're in fight or flight mode. So I think that's why Jordan Walker's there. I think they wanted to get back to that killer middle of the order bat and not the young guy in a lineup of Hall of Famers trying to be valuable in an asset in some way, which in the beginning was guy with a hitting streak who's getting on base. That's Anthony Volpe. And I know Volpe's more than that, but that's what Volpe can be and be successful and be a big part of the Yankee success. Jordan Walker, to be a valuable player, to be a positive F4 guy, you need to hit bombs. And that's it, because there's nothing else that he really brings to the table that's going to impact a team like the Cardinals.
1: And you mentioned the approach thing. I mean, this guy had an 80-point jump from batting average to OBP in Springfield last year in A. So far this year, three walks in 78 plate appearances. Like, he he doesn't have the rhythm there. Like, he was being overmatched after that 15-game hitting streak, and it shows. Real quick on the Cardinal thing, Taylor Motter was the corresponding move who they signed to a major league deal. And I'm just trying to wrap my head around, like, the transactions that went around taylor Motter. so this guy was dfa'd so they want him off the 40 man roster apparently he was willing to stay in the cardinals organization so he was going to take the outright and like he was going to be off the 40 man but he was going to be in memphis and then like the next day they sign him to a big league deal so they add him to the 40 man again and then they option walker like it doesn't make any sense how they navigated this and and The move to DFA Modder came from activating De Young, but like it, but Modder's back on the 40, man. Like it's making my brain mashed potatoes. I don't really
0: get it. And how about them not calling up Matthew Liberator still?
2: Yeah. I wonder when that's going to happen. I, th- they might do that soon, too. I, this is, the, I really am sensing the fight or flight. I wonder if this panic from the Cardinals will also result in them
1: finally making a move. How about Honestly, finally making a trade? Would be cool.
0: Can you imagine them making a trade? That'd be world.
1: Honestly, can I say that like the Modder scenario kind of shows that John Mosellock's heart rate sped up on him? Like it kind of shows that they were panic moving. I it, agree. That's exactly it uh, doesn't yeah. make any sense.
0: I don't get sense. it. And it's not like Taylor is making an impact anyway. I mean, with all due respect to him, like you're got a good beard. He looks gritty. <laughs> By sending Jordan Walker down, it's because you have all these outfielders, which I was going over before. Where why does is Caleb Yepez, play?
1: Why is Yepes still like Yepes got off to yeah. a slow start in triple, but like he's won Yepes. He was yeah, good he for Yepez. the Cardinals last year and he's still in triple.
2: They, they have need a great
0: triple cons- a lineup.
2: They need yeah, to consolidate awesome. and they need to go get some help. And I think they're going to do it. I really do. So hopefully they make that move
1: real quick. I, I slapped together a, a trade on my drive home from the ballpark. Um, somebody <laughs> tweeted at me, like, what would it take for my, my Braves to get Tim Anderson? So, like, without thinking, I just said Vaughn Grissom, Jared Schuster, Blake Burkhalter, who's a TJ guy but was a second-team All-American guy at Auburn last year. Yes or no? That's a lot. Vaughn Grissom. Jared Schuster, Blake Burkhalter, who's –
2: Too much. You can kick a rocks. Lot. For one and a half years of Tim Anderson.
1: Yeah, no a possible extension candidate in, like, $4 million next year.
2: $4 million next year. Pretty cheap. Hurt. Hurt. Ah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair one. It's not a bad deal. I don't think that's bad at all.
1: We can move on. Should be
2: the asking price. I just don't know if I'd do it. Um, That would be sick, though. The Braves, it would be game over. Implied Mm -hmm. probability 100%. That (laughs) That for data. (laughs) That's a lot. It
0: just will. The sky (laughs) will be blue. The sun will rise. And the Braves, if they get Tim Anderson, are going to win the division. Oh, my God. In the World Series. (laughs) In the World Series.
2: Everything. Everything. (laughs) Um, A team that, you know, we were all really high on going into the year. I still don't think anybody's hitting the panic button. We talked about Jared Kelnick and his performance. You guys have talked about that, but it is a big blow to lose Robbie Ray. If you're going to lose one of your pitchers, I don't even want to finish that sentence, but like <laughs> Robbie, Robbie Ray, like is not going to hit them as hard as Luis Castillo or as George Kirby or as Logan Gilbert, That's but it does play. suck. Like that is a blow to your rotation. Yeah. Um, and, and you feel for Robbie Ray, who, you know, looked looks pretty good in spring training and looked like he might, you know, kind of be somewhere in between what we saw last year and that Cy Young performance, which would have put the Mariners over the top. So they lose Robbie Ray. They've got some guys in the minors. I've talked about Bryce Miller. They've had Brad, Matt Brash out of the bullpen who could end up, you know, making some more starts. They've still got Marco gets out, gets out Gonzalez that mm-hmm. they throw in there too. flexen has been surprisingly bad, um, but you know they, they've got a lot of options, but they don't have former Cy Young winning options that can give you the flashes that Robbie Ray gives you. I'll start with you, Peter, because you're the guy that's been you know, really high on the Mariners and, and I saw everything you were saying, but- How concerned are you? And how much does Robbie
0: Ray's injury impact
2: your comfort in your Mariners support?
0: If the Mariners didn't have Bryce Miller in that system, if they didn't have the possibility of Emerson Hancock, if they didn't have the general manager and Jerry DePoto, who has now proven he will leverage his still solid farm system in order to go get an arm like he did with Luis Castillo, I'd be a little bit nervous. But lucky for us and lucky for the Mariners, they have all of those things. So Chris Flexen, I agree with you, Aram. He is a very good mop-up guy. He is a breath of fresh air when your starter goes down and you need a spot start because he is a viable starter. But throwing him every fifth day I don't think leads to wins. So while you're going to have to weather the storm a little bit with a guy like Chris Flexen, expecting Bryce Miller to make an impact this year is huge. But even if let's just say the Mariners decide, hey, this guy is not ready, even though his fastball is more than ready. But let's just say, all right, Bryce Miller, it's not your time yet. There are plenty of starting pitchers that are going to be on the market, and they have enough right now in the rotation still to win games. And even if Flexen gives up four earned and four innings, the bullpen is still plenty good enough to weather the storm. It's really just been offensively that I'm the most yeah. nervous about the Mariners just because they've gotten off to this slow start, which is weird because Kelnick is the best hitter in baseball by WRC+. plus. It's the top of the lineup that hasn't gotten going. But I just expect that to be April lulls. I think that that offense is going to be totally fine. There's no way Colton Wong continues to be like the worst second baseman in Major League. I'm mind blown. I'm mind blown. blown. I can't believe that he's this bad offensively right now. I don't see that continuing, and I think the Mariners are going to be totally fine. I still have them winning second in the in the division. I still think they're going to be around 90 wins. I think this summer is going to be awesome, and they're only going to add reinforcements. So. And, Long way of saying I ain't worried about Robbie Ray's injury. With all due respect to Mister yeah, Ray,
2: yeah, yeah, and it does suck for Robbie, and you know, hopefully he can come back in time, you know, to pitch in the relatively early parts of of next year. Uh, before I kick it to you, Jack. One other note too: Andres Munoz resume throwing. That's a big, big, Huge. big arm for them in that bullpen. I know that doesn't you know fill the rotation, but you can help shorten games. It, it does matter. H- how much? I know you you are a very. uh passionate fan of of Robbie ray jack uh how do you feel uh, jokes aside like how much do you think this impacts the mariners because again like castillo gilbert kirby is one of my favorite three-headed monsters in baseball even though gilbert and kirby are still you know scraping the surface of what we think they can be the potential of that three-headed monster is exciting and you know peter talks about the summer and how much better they can get then that's going to lead them there marco gonzalez viable for but does this change anything for you? He's still a very good pitcher. So
1: like, yes, it does. And, you know, I could I could sarcastically say, yeah, I cried myself to sleep last night after reading this mm. news about Robbie Ray. Um, Like, I feel bad for Robbie Ray. And yeah, it's it's a bit like, don't worry, it's totally a bit that I don't like Robbie Ray. He's just he doesn't have the legs to wear tight pants. That's my big thing. And, I think that's the only thing he's got
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, like that might be
1: it, man. And that merchant Cy Young year in 21. He's also Um,
0: got a sick mullet.
1: Yeah, crazy mullet. So, like hating on Robbie Ray as a bit is way more fun when he's pitching every fifth day. Yeah. And, And
0: he is
1: a positive value pitcher for the Seattle Mariners. Like, I'd prefer if I was Jerry DePoto, if I was Scott Service, I would prefer Robbie Ray on my lineup card over Marco Gonzalez and Chris Flex? I would. would would As as a quote-unquote hater, I would prefer Robbie Ray over those two guys. So yes, they can bridge the gap. It's not as drastic as losing Castillo, Gilbert, or Kirby. Um, I'm also not worried about Gilbert and Kirby, like you're saying. Gilbert has a goatee now, which is super weird, Mm. but it kind of suits him. And Kirby just went six innings of one-run ball in Philly. The problem is they're trailing one nothing
0: while we're talking. I was like about that. to bring that up. Isn't this game kind of a perfect symbol of what the Mariners' season has been so far? Six innings, three hits, one earned, six strikeouts from George Kirby, lowering his ERA down to 3.14. And Julio Rodriguez, Ty France, Eugenio Suarez, Teoscar Hernandez, A.J. Pollock, Jared Kelnick, and J.P. Crawford hitless in the game. That can't happen. Like, that's not on the pitching. That's the offense not getting yeah. going yet
2: there are five and that's, teams that's very fair and just like this is going into today's game and obviously these numbers would have presumably went down um teoscar hernandez 727 ops that should improve julio rodriguez 741 ops that will improve i will i will happily be wrong about that cal Raleigh, 693 ops that should borderline will improve i would say will improve um and then ty france has been slumping all of a sudden we were just talking about how, thank goodness ty france is off to a good start Never mind. He's slugging 394, 745 OPS. That will will probably improve. That I would almost say definitely. Colton Wong 419 OPS. That can't get worse. It's not humanly possible. And if you put in anybody else, it'll be better. But I think you got to let Wong go. He is proven to be consistent. He will find a way. And then Eugenio Suarez at 727 OPS. That will should get better. And then AJ Pollock 474 OPS. He's that will touched. and should get better. I just I just named the whole lineup. And it yeah. should all get better, except for Jared Kelnick. So, like, are, that's
1: crazy. There are five teams in Major League Baseball that have an OBP under 300 going into play on Thursday the Miami Marlins, <laughs> the Chicago White Sox, the Detroit Tigers, the Kansas City Royals, and your Seattle Mariners.
0: One of those teams is not like the other. One of those teams is not like the other. That's I the agree. point. I agree.
2: The Marlins have Luis Arias. Yes.
0: yes, that's
1: um, it. That's well, and the it. White Sox are going to be great as soon as Ta and Moncada come back. Um, that's, that's all
2: they need. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Moncada.
2: So, <laughs> you guys talked about the White Sox too. I, we don't need to get into it, but I just wanted to to mention because I was listening to the episode from yesterday. I am all in on blow it up. Um, so I just wanted to mention that, just kind of remind you. I was also watching your broadcast. Today, Jack, as as you were uh going, I the love game. my it's- partner. I love yes. Howard. So you're broadcasting a game between, you know, Gavin Williams, Quinn Priester. Jack's breaking down Gavin Williams and how good he is, and and Jack's partner Howard Kelman just butts in and goes, "So you think your White Sox are going <laughs> to win a game?" <laughs> and Jack's just like, "Bro, what the fuck?" <laughs> Obviously, didn't say it like that, but like if I said that and it wasn't on air, Jack would have been like, "Dude, what the fuck?" <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> It was it was really funny. I said, how did I put it? I was like, I was saying nice things, like I was in such a good mood talking about a great pitcher, and then you just slapped that on me. Like literally a- like
2: out of nowhere. Just like Jack's just like, Yeah, he's been pounding the strike zone with the fastball slider. You think your white Sox are gonna win a game? <laughs> that actually him.
0: sounds that sounds exactly like something I would do when Jack is breaking yes. down. Like, hey, remember your White Sox, like Louis Robert candidate a slider. It's good yes. good points before, but rubber. It's a lot of fun, man. Like Howard's
1: on year 47 with with the Indians. I mean, this guy, like it is his domain. So like, I just, I make my bed in there. I leave, like I try and not, you know, do anything to like take over. So listen, if Howard wants to talk White Sox, when I'm talking Gavin Williams, I'm going to talk White Sox. Hell yeah. I love
2: it. I love it. Well, real mm -hmm. quick too, a a promotion I want to mention before we forget, the Orioles got better. And I want to just put my, I want to make that very clear, very unknown prospect relative to, I think a lot of other top 100 prospects, but they just promoted the number 65 prospect in, in baseball at just baseball, Joey Ortiz. Uh, it, the the move that goes with that is Taron Vavra gets sent down. Taron Vavra is more of a utility guy. Yeah. Joey Ortiz has the ability to be an everyday shortstop who does a lot of things well. He's a plus defender. He is a plus hitter. And the power has gotten better and better. He's made a major, major jump in power over the last two years. And that is why, despite being an older prospect, 25 years old, he was number 65 in our top 100. I wanted to talk to you guys about what in the world. We've talked about this a lot. I don't want to talk about trading for pitching. I don't want to beat that dead horse. But I do want to talk about like just the Orioles situation here and who you play where and what you do. You don't call up Joey Ortiz for him not to play. Like, I think that's got to be the the most important thing here, because I think they have Ortiz ahead of Westberg, ahead of Norby in terms of their organizational pecking order, which is why he was promoted first. This is a move that makes them better. But with the way Jorge Mateo's playing, with the way that a lot of their infield is playing, with the way even Adam Frazier has been playing in parts, like Joey Ortiz is called up. Who are you taking that bats away from?
0: Can Adam I answer Frazier. something? Can I answer something quickly? Yeah, really um, quick
1: answer, Adam Frazier. That's all I have to say.
0: I agree. And to build on that point, I just want to say I'm uncursable at this point, or at least the first curse that was bestowed upon me has failed. So Adam Frazier was off to a very good start this season. And I was still kind of ripping him on the just baseball show, as we tend to do with Adam Frazier. And on Twitter, I was tagged. And it said, Peter, you will lose all of your bets moving forward if you don't compliment Adam Frazier and like drop the stats through the first week and a half of baseball. And I said, I will simply not be cursed. You watch what happens. And he said, the curse is now on you. (laughs) Obviously, I've had to, you know, I've had to toe the line a little bit because when you're when you're cursed, you got to make sure you're not cursed. Yeah. And so I'm He did kind of get in the dome cursed. a little bit.
2: He did get in your dome a little
0: bit. Oh, oh, he's been living in my. The word,
2: cur- you can't throw the word
0: curse
1: around. You can't throw that the
0: didn't... word curse when I'm betting all the time. You can't throw that out there. I don't yeah. want to get cursed, especially in baseball. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, I think that the curse was a sham. Adam Frazier's hitting 162 since yeah, I was no, cursed. I,
2: I just pulled it up. I didn't realize he's been that bad.
0: Oh, he's been dog shit. It's because when keeping he's an eye on him too, because I don't want to be cursed.
2: It, it, because when he's good too, like you don't notice it. And that's not a knock on him. It's just like it's singles. It is a knock
0: on him. It,
2: like <laughs> he's, you know, he's not going yard and and hitting moonshots and catching your attention. Um, I I will forever be confused as to why they gave him what was it seven million dollars? I I at it, least it, it,
0: four. I thought it was nine. Yeah, I thought it was at least seven.
2: So I, I don't understand that, especially when they could have, you know, invested that in pitching. That that we've we've beat that point. To, to well, death. they
0: did get Cole Irvin.
2: Yes. Yes, but they could have put that money on top of Gibson and got someone like actually good that 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 aside. Are you now relegating your, you know, kind of expensive for the Orioles free agent to the bench? I think, yes, Yes. you are better with Joey Ortiz. So Joey Ortiz is a plus shortstop who has more power and is a plus hitter. Is he going to make as much contact as, you know, Frazier
1: right away? Probably not.
0: Probably. you're Adam getting... Frazier is hitting 208. Yeah, but he puts oh, the battle ball. At least. Okay, yeah. So I
1: don't care if he grounds out. All right. So 12 and a half percent K rate, but like he's hitting 208.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like, congrats yeah. on your ground out. Congrats the on being. your the...
1: thing? It's yeah, the like what's your magical thing?
0: Yeah. Like, I don't care about that. I don't care if it's less contact. Give me harder contact. Give me yeah. more impact in the lineup. But the Orioles are also, they're rolling. Right. Even with Adam Frazier, like that's why it's like, I think it's a good move just to see what you have because the Orioles are playing so good. And that's even with Adam Frazier playing every day. So you try out Joey Ortiz. I love the move because I think he's just generally better than him. You know, he was a guy who I relatively wasn't, I didn't really know about him until you guys brought him up. And then I've, Arm, you've sent me fielding videos and, you know, I've done my own research and just watched him. Like he objectively looks better than Adam Frazier. Yeah. And let's say he's worse. You don't lose anything. Might as well try the kid because he has. Much more talent than Adam Frazier does at this current moment.
2: Yeah, and and frazier's a fine bench piece. He can play yeah. the outfield. He can play second. You, you they're a, a lefty bat. <laughs> he literally they um um wh- What I like about it is you literally just got better. Yeah. It's just that simple. You got better. You took a guy that like I think if everything goes wrong, Joey Ortiz is going to be Adam Frazier, but he's a better defender. And he offers more power. Everything like, goes if wrong. everything goes wrong, he has a 621 OPS to start the year. I really don't see a way where Ortiz is that bad um, or worse. And again, great defender at short will be an elite defender at second. So now you have this this just vacuum up the middle of, of Mateo and potentially Ortiz. That is crazy. So I, I'm really excited about the prospect of that. Um, It's cool when you can upgrade from within. And yeah, he's an expensive bench player, but I like to see this urgency from a team that senses, Hey, we're, we're off to a great start. Like Peter said, we, this division, all of a sudden, you know, it's going to be tough all year, but we feel like we can hang in there with the blue Jays and the Yankees. Um, That's, that's enough. I think for them to push the chips forward. And we're going to talk about another team that I hope does that very soon. That is also off to a nice start that could upgrade from within um, but I, I really like this move because I think the Orioles get better and that's always nice because not every team has the Liberty to do that. Not yeah. every team can get better from within.
1: And, and I hope that Baltimore is willing to be a small market team masquerading as a big market team and big market teams have no problem sitting a guy making $9 million a year. If a $720,000 guy this year is better. And I think that's what Baltimore has to do. But I know that a lot of small market teams will say, well, we're committing this amount of money to this guy. We need to play him. No, you don't. Like, here's the thing. You put a better product out on the field. More people are going to show up to Camden Yards. More people are going to tune into Masson. And more money is going to come into the pockets of the Baltimore Orioles, which they can allocate elsewhere, which is why you didn't sign Adam Frazier to a massive multi-year deal. You signed Adam Frazier for one year hoping that he would be the best option he's not so you got to be okay moving off the money to do that real quick peter i applaud you for breaking a curse that took me back to lil b the based god and huh. all of his curses on nba guys you remember those yeah yeah who did he, he used to put kevin, him on kevin durant oh DeAngelo russell hmm. um i think the russell curse kind of worked
2: yeah uh
1: katie katie's been great individually but i mean do you think that's
2: why katie joined all the great teams just to try to break the curse like oh yeah you can curse me but i'll just join the best team of all time and go win a ring
1: low b's in his head man
2: yeah
0: so peter curses living head. thank you thank you for that i appreciate it i kind of needed it mentally got you right just to kind of get over it a little bit it's scary it's scary right i'm only i'm only one man I can't defeat everyone. Yeah, but you wear a vest to record
1: pods. You're a lot more than just a
0: man. You might be a god. It's a little chilly. Can I talk about one team? Yeah, that's funny. Can I talk about one team (laughs) that I'm a little bit nervous about? Yeah. Los Angeles Dodgers are 13 and 14 now. They just lost Mm. to the Pittsburgh Pirates. And there's problems on offense, but... Kind of similarly to the Mariners, they have some guys who I expect to be better, like Mookie Betts has an OPS over under 800. That's not going to last. Freddie's been obviously, I mean, he's slashing 289, 375, 464, but I'd expect more than from Freddie Freeman, and I think we still get that. JD Martinez has also been off to a, a very good start, at least in the slugging department, 534 slugging. James Outman has been great, and Hayward you know, by a lot of advanced stats is one of baseball's unluckiest hitters to this point because he's been hitting the piss out of the ball, just been running into some hard outs. Miguel Vargas good too, but it's the bottom of the lineup and it's the bullpen that I wanted to talk about because David Peralta just cannot hit. I don't know what to say. He's slashing 179, 203, 250. It's terrible. And his at-bats are horrible. Chris Taylor, you know, a lot of us were like, he has to bounce back, has to bounce back, right? He's bounced back a little bit in the power department because he has five home runs, but like those are basically his only hits this year because he's hitting 173. You know Austin Barnes is good defensively, and they will get Will Smith back, so I'm not that worried about that. But what I am worried about is this bullpen that's ranked 27th in ERA. The Dodgers? And, yeah, the Dodgers. Who would have thought? Which Yancy is 30th, Sucks ass. I did not 30th, have that on my bingo card. 30th in hits per nine. Oh, right. Like, this is a bullpen who should get back, you know, Daniel Hudson, Alex Reyes, Blake Trinan, like, they have a lot of reinforcements coming, so I'm not actually that worried. But I think it is worthy of a conversation, considering they have been a juggernaut in the regular season, always are able to fill in randos at any point, and those quote-unquote randos that they have filled in in previous years are all off to really bad starts, and these, like, cool and interesting Dodger moves are all off to bad starts. I mean, Noah Syndergaard hasn't been very good. David Peralta has not been very good. Like a lot of these guys, the Tyler Anderson is gone. The Andrew Heaney from last year is gone. Tony Gonsolin looked fine in his debut. It's just, there's a lot more question marks to this Dodgers team than I'm used to.
1: You can be a little bit meaner to Noah Syndergaard because he makes enough money for you to be mean. He's like, it's kind of T-ball right now, six and a half ERA. I thought it was crazy that like, (laughs) I
2: thought it was crazy that it was like, "Oh, it's just because it's the Dodgers, they're going to make this guy like magically no. good." We were just talking about how bad he was. We can't just say like, "Oh, Dodgers magic." W- w- one thing, but too, the
0: thing is, I am a victim of this. I do give them the benefit of the doubt, like, of, and I know I, it shouldn't be, but I just do. Insist. He's a human
1: being. Like they're it, human beings. Remember, one of my punch me in the face bets was Peter said Noah Syndergaard is going to throw a pitch 99 miles an hour, and I said if he does that, you punch me in the face. I, <laughs> I did say that. I
2: want. I want to put one thing out there. You guys pushed back on me for the Dodgers under.
0: Oh, I did. I didn't. Be, I couldn't believe it, and I still don't even believe it. And I'm still riding on the fact <laughs> they're going to win I, felt, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. I, they're just. It's ingrained in my head that they win games. It's the
2: worst, Dodgers, it's the worst the- Dodgers team we've seen in a little while. It, it is, and they oh, can still absolutely. put it together. They've got all the resources. It's just got a Michael Bush who rakes. Uh, Vargas is not hitting the ball that he's hard, a but 370
1: he's still seventy OBP, man. Yeah,
2: he's doing well. They've got other guys. They've got Gavin Stone. We'll see if Bobby Miller. Like they've got so many resources and they can go I trade can't for whoever that. they want.
1: Can I just say that the Will Smith absence is huge right yeah, now? Huge. Like they're running out a guy named Austin catching every day. Like whether it's Wins or Barnes, and they both suck right Austin now. Austin doesn't win. That was no, and Austin doesn't Barnes either. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, no, good. I mean, the two <laughs> names that jump out to me here, like Evan Phillips has a 3-4. I'm not concerned about Evan Phillips through eight innings. Uh, Yancey Almonte, 10 and two-thirds, 16 hits. Alex freaking Vesia, dude, 7 and two-thirds, 19 hits in 72-thirds. Cheeks. Cheeks. It's crazy. Like Almonte and Vesia were two guys that I immediately just chalked up. Like, yeah, Yancey Almonte didn't work in Colorado. He works in L.A. Vesia, like that was a former Marlin, right? Alex Vesia, like yeah. he just looked like he worked in LA the last couple of years, and now he doesn't. So I wonder. We talk about reliever volatility. I just immediately chalked up Yency Almonte and Vesia as like, oh yeah, they're not volatile.
2: Yeah, no, Unlike and they I think so are <laughs> the, the Dodgers are kind of sensing the downside of the volatility because these are some second year, third year guys now that they've had in their bullpen. And and it's Bickford funny is they, another guy was the ro- good. they let either. the rotation be the revolving door and they didn't let the bullpen be the revolving door. That's, what that's a little be backwards. The revolving door. Yeah, yeah, it's a little backwards there. Uh, maybe the Dodgers got a, a little bit too cocky, a little bit too confident. But again, they have all of the ability to just kind of undo this and get themselves in a perfect spot. Um, I have one more talking point that I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to hit on before we wrap up for the week, but Matt Mervis just hit his sixth home run. His OPS <laughs> is over 1000 for the triple a Iowa Cubs, which I recently found out they call him the I Cubs. Yeah. Don't like that. That sounds like some horrible Apple product.
1: Hey man. <laughs> but- hey man. Alex Cohen, I think is one of the best. Oh, Alex Cohen's awesome. Minor league ball, And awesome. whenever you say I Cubs, I just, I, hear alex cohen say i cubs and i'm like well you're being mean to alex now okay well it has
2: nothing to do with that did he come up with the nickname i don't think so okay then i don't give a shit um (laughs) but alex is great alex is great oh (laughs) whoa just take (laughs) it easy man um but like it's weird i cubs anyway i've been watching the games i love especially right now they're playing louisville which is reds triple a and ellie de cruz is going off christian and carnesia strand one yard it's been fun matt mcclain's been going crazy what, Jack? Real quick. What?
1: Also, can I just say you forget how beer league Kyle Hendricks looks at this stage in his oh, career until Ellie oh, De La Cruz sends a moonshot off the top of the wall against him. Six earned runs. Six earned runs in an inning in two-thirds in
2: AAA for Kyle I, Hendricks.
1: I loved Kyle Hendricks growing up. Like, that was a guy in the 2010s. I mean, he was the one on that World Series winning team. Like, Kyle Hendricks That's was nuts. my guy. But he was so good, dude. He was, but it's still nuts. That brand of pitching in his mid-30s now doesn't work in 2023. It worked wonders in the mid-2010s. It was awesome, especially yeah. being sandwiched by Lester and Arietta. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Except for Drew Smiley, who's going to win the Cy Young.
0: Sure. Yeah.
2: He throws hard compared he to does. him. He <laughs> throws <laughs> gas compared he to him. He
0: throws 91. Hendricks oh. is like 84.
2: Yeah. Matt Mervis has a 1,000 OPS. The Chicago Cubs are three games over five hundred as we're recording this. And that is despite... Chicago Cubs first baseman amassing a negative 0.4 F so far this season and a WRC plus of 80, the negative 0.4 F ranks 26th in baseball and the 80 WRC plus ranks 23rd in baseball. Oh, well, uh, the, the, the Hosmer plays good defense and he picks the ball. Okay. How about DHS for the Chicago Cubs? 206, 287, 309. It's a 68 WRC plus from your DH spot. So two of the most premium offensive spots in your lineup, are hitting well below big league average. And you have w- what has been the best hitter. It, there's no, no debate since the start of last season, Matt Mervis has been the best hitter in minor league baseball. Just sitting there. I, I'm waiting for it. I assume it's coming soon. Uh, we will let you know. But it is just crazy to me that we're seeing the Orioles bring up Joey Ortiz to bench You know, someone that they're, they're paying way more. Then the Cubs are paying Eric Hosmer. We're seeing other teams, you know, make aggressive moves to call guys up. And you're the Chicago freaking Cubs who are off to a good start. And you're not calling up Matt Mervis right now, who has walked as much as he struck out as well. There's legitimately not one single concern around him at this point and no reason not to call him up. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add to that, but it just blows my mind because I think you add Mervis to this Cubs team. That lineup looks pretty damn good. Um, it's starting to look like a, a more complete ball club.
1: Now, might I just say Eric Hosmer homered just now, like Fuck. months ago, giving Eric Hosmer another three months of leeway before they call up Matt Mervis.
2: It's a 600 OPS. No, what, not 640.
0: Yeah, probably 620. And to give them a little bit of credit, too. They were on the Jackson Fraser It's this year boat, right? Last so year. Maybe. Year, oh, last year. I really thought they kept, ca- I thought they, no, the Rangers just released him. The Rangers <laughs> just released him. I remember him being a cub. So I was going to make a joke about how they might think it's his year. I don't know if it's his year, but you no, can't blame him. Mem- you see the bat speed the bat
2: speed. You see his cleats. Those are fire. Yeah, fire. Uh, Christopher Morrell's raking too. And he could be a, a great option for them. Yeah, But man, I think it's clear as day. Call up Matt Mervis. I- I, the, he has a road trip coming up to his hometown in DC. They're playing the Nationals. It's a really nice soft launch there.
1: Yes, I'm. That sounds hot. Um, couple things that are on my agenda. We have yet to talk about Bybee, but real oh. quick, uh, the three guys with nine or more home runs in minor league baseball right now. Jake Bowers,
0: least sexy name. He's got nine homers. Well, maybe least sexy player not least sexy name Jake Bowers that's a baseball name
1: yeah and he is a Scranton Wilkes-Barre rail rider right now so that could be a Yankee yeah exactly Keston Hura
0: has nine homers spray him back up love Keston Hura
1: and the minor league leader in home runs right now the only guy with 10 pumps Joe Adele of your Salt Lake Bees don't it's gonna be a bad That trade for Aroldis Chapman
2: is going to go crazy. It's
1: going to be awesome. I can't wait for Joe Adele to be a Kansas City Royal, man. So yes. sick. Um, But Bybee, man. Like, I was supposed to watch Bybee on Tuesday in Indy. He was a late scratch. I was like, okay, I don't, I'm not sure if he's hurt. Like, I think this might be a good scratch. If he's going anywhere, I hope he's going to the bigs if I'm not going to get to watch him. He was so good against Colorado earlier this week, man. Tanner Bybee, Guardians right-hander. Uh, looks like a guy that might be the answer as opposed to the turnstile of Hunter Gaddis, Xavier Curry, who looks like a bullpen yeah. piece for them now, Peyton Battenfield, counter Pilkington, the DFA Pilkington to go grab Bybee. There's a chance, considering the injuries to Savali and Tristan McKenzie, that Bybee doesn't leave the rotation. Yeah. And after being, at this point, an hour removed from watching Gavin Williams' first AAA start, we could be talking about a rotation with Shane Bieber, Tanner Bybee, and Gavin Williams at the end of the year, and hopefully you get something from McKenzie as well. Cleveland keeps retooling, man. They're
0: awesome. Yeah, that's why um, I've been getting DMs asking, Peter, what do you think about your bet for uh, the Guardians to win the division? As good as the Twins have been, I'm still not worried, being perfectly honest. That offense has been terrible so far, kind of similar to Seattle. It will not continue, and they have so many reinforcements. Not even to mention Tristan McKenzie is going to come back at some point too, um, so that's all I had on the Guardians. Bybee, Bybee's huge. Yeah. For,
2: for Bybee to look like that five and two thirds, six hits, one run, eight Ks, no walks, like that is that is confident as shit. Confident. Dude, he only made twenty eight minor league starts and flew his way up to the big leagues uh, just off of pitchability and then multiple upticks and stuff. Uh, now you combine that with like. Okay. Still has the pitch ability. And now the stuff's disgusting. He could, he could be a dark horse to start. If he piles enough starts together, I, I hope they keep him up there. It would be crazy not to, he could be a dark horse to, to kind of throw himself into this rookie of the year conversation as well, because this guy is as talented as they come. Um, and, and I think he's going to be somebody that makes a smooth transition to big league baseball with, with the pitch ability, with four legit big league pitches, and a fastball that's now up to 99, like Tanner Bybee's got it all, man. And and the Guardians are just annoying um, in, in the best way possible. What did he and run it if, yesterday?
0: 98?
2: I think he topped at 98. Yeah.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Um, And this was just from watching his start. Gives me similar, like, hitch, you know, mechanical vibes to a Karen check in a, a little bit kind of hides the ball well, has that little bit of a hitch. And I saw the changeup come out of his hand when you got 98 at the top of zone that he just drops that hammer changeup on you. I'm like, I don't know how to hit that. And there's no way if you're a hitter in the box, can you see it clearly out of the hand? So not only does he have great stuff, but I love him because he mixes in deception with it too, which I think is so huge and kind of puts him over the top of just simply looking at his stuff.
2: No, So it's a good point. That's why I love what the guardians do here. They usually find college guys that they feel like they can get, you know, to uptick in terms of stuff. I mean, Bobby to get outs in college had to be deceptive. He was low 90s at best. So yeah. you got to be deceptive. You got to mix your pitches. You got to make it hard to pick up what you're throwing. But then you get that uptick and it's like, whoa, like Anthony Davis. He handles the ball so well because he was a guard through high school then had a crazy growth spurt at the end of high school and became a, the size of a center, but he had the skills of a guard. Uh, so it's kind of like that. So that's why I think Bybee's going to be a problem. That's what happened with Shane Bieber too. Unfortunately, the stuff went backwards again after the shoulder, but that's why he's been able to survive because he. this is how he learned how to pitch was with this kind of stuff. So I, I love the, the pitch ability and then uptick, you know, and stuff. And I think that the Guardians have mastered finding those kind of guys.
1: Yeah, that's been a Guardians thing, man. And like note who they go after in drafts, right? Bybee, college guy. Gavin Williams, college guy. The only one that bucks the trend is McKenzie, like high school guy. Well, Xavier- and, and and of course Espino who was, you Espino. know, other
2: otherworldly. But and, they've and- gone college, 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 college Logan Allen College.
1: Look at Logan Allen. How about what they've done in recent years? Tommy Mace, Doug Nikhazy, Parker Messick. They took a kid from Ole Miss as well, I want to say. like They are constantly taking pitchability college arms, and then they're saying, hey, we've got this world-class strength and conditioning program. Let's get you spinning the fuck out of your fastball. Yeah. And
0: then they turn into studs. And I love it, too, because they only need a couple of those guys to work. And then if they work, they can become some of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. We've seen that with what they've done so far with Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie, not guys with crazy stuff, but huge pitchability guys who they just squeeze the most juice out of.
1: But the thing is, they're grabbing second and third round picks and they're turning them into big league fives, which is where you win. You win a lot of games in the margins and you win when your fives are good. And they take guys that had like a two ERA at Florida State, but weren't the the data darlings they turn them into somewhat data darlings and then they're a big league four or five love it
2: hunter gaddis fifth round pick how about that
0: yeah yeah but he's been kind of cheeks
2: i'm watching (laughs) gaddis throw
0: tomorrow in columbus
2: hell yeah all right well that's all i I got anything else from you guys
0: i have one more thing this weekend really great series on the horizon um one series which I think is just fascinating you got the Cardinals versus the Dodgers I don't really want to go into that pitching matchup but it's just like two teams who really need to start turning it up facing each other in Los Angeles I think that's a great series another one that I've been really keeping my eyes on here is this Braves Mets series Um, because the Braves go into New York and if you aren't watching the Mets every day you might not realize what's happened to their rotation as we sit here today because in game one on Friday the pitching matchup is Max Fried versus David Peterson who's been getting killed then it's Spencer Strider versus Tyler McGill then on Sunday it is Jose Budo pitching for the New York Mets against Charlie Morton so the Braves are giving you all their best because they're all healthy But the reason I wanted to bring it up is because Max Scherzer is still suspended. Justin Verlander is still on the I.L. Jose Quintana is still on the I.L. Like this Mets rotation doesn't look nearly what we thought it would be at the beginning of the season. It looks like a barren wasteland right now which is so interesting because they spent so much freaking money, and we've barely seen any of these guys outside of Kodai Senga, who's currently rocking an ERA over four, and his strength of schedule has not been bad at all. I would venture to say it's been one of the easiest of any new starting pitcher this season. Maybe the easiest when you just boil it down to new starters. The Mets are in an interesting position right now because they're not hitting either so they don't look very good either it's it's a lot of teams so far that we expected to be very good who just are off to really rough starts and that's why the pirates are fucking unbelievable and like we have all these crazy teams it's the best teams in baseball are 500 ball clubs right now
1: yep
0: uh two By best day pitching day. matchups this weekend Friday
1: night in Houston Aaron Nola and Framber Valdez mm. Saturday night in Houston Zach Wheeler and Christian Javier
0: what, what about Luis Castillo versus Alec Manoa? That's going to be a good one too. Mariners face the Blue Jays this weekend. Can't wait for that series. I was going to say Clark Schmidt and Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, I would Ooh. not. Yeah. Yes. Actually, you're right. Kind of like the Spider Man meme. Yeah. Clark Schmidt, five innings last start. He looked really Didn't good. eight runs. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge. Um,
2: all right. That'll do it. That's all we got. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Looking forward to talking with you all. Next week, we got some exciting stuff in the works as well. So stay tuned on social media for that. Instagram, Twitter, everything else. Peter, you want to send us off?
0: Let's do it. Make sure to go get your Just Baseball merch. It is the best way to support this podcast. You can find the merch in the episode description. Another way to support this podcast without spending a dime is to rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Leave a written review if you would. Let us know what you've been enjoying about the show so far. And then on YouTube is really a place where we gather a lot of stuff of what we should talk about as we are doing a daily podcast, and sometimes there isn't a lot to talk about, there is some stuff that just sneaks by us. So we're consistently looking on our social medias at just BB underscore media on Twitter and at just baseball show on Instagram. TikTok, can't do it, too many comments, but on YouTube is also a great place to leave. Uh, those you, comments of what we should talk about so make sure you su- hit that subscribe button hit the like button comment what you'd like to see on future videos or if you heard anything during this podcast that you completely disagree with the only thing I ask is that you don't curse me anymore because I'll either destroy the curse like I did with Adam Frazier or I'm due to get cursed so moving past that really appreciate you guys all listening Jack you're holding up your iPad for some reason Oh there I talking. am And with that, thank you, everybody.